Greetings. Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. Today we have a wonderful show for you themed around the 15th anniversary of the very first Walk for Life here in San Francisco. I remember in 2004 the very first walk uh, which went along the Embarcadero and now 15 years later still continue to gather now at Civic Center and walk down a Market Street as a great witness for life. Uh, this year in particular there were thousands, tens of thousands uh, that gathered and there's such a positive message, a real witness to life and as you're walking uh, down that Market Street and interacting with folks and seeing people that you haven't seen in a while. It's this wonderful uh, Catholic cultural experience that's so wonderful to be a part of. And in some ways, at a time when our culture does not always uh, signify those moments of life that we told so dear as Catholics, it's just a wonderful witness. Uh, We were asked to host and have been hosting for many years here at St. Dominic's the Vigil, the Friday night Mass, which kind of kicks off uh, all of the different events and festivities and celebrations for that walk. And so Friday night we had a Mass, which was followed by a Holy Hour. In the Holy Hour we had adoration in the Blessed Sacrament with benediction and confessions available during that time, but also a reflection by a wonderful couple, Michelle and Chris Ambuel. And they themselves have chosen life in their own relationship. They've adopted through uh, open adoption seven beautiful children and their children joined them uh, on that night and just a very powerful story. So I thought I would invite all of you who uh, connected to the podcast who perhaps weren't there or couldn't make it or aren't available for it to, to share in that beautiful story. As Catholics, we believe so firmly in the beauty of life, the fact that life is the greatest gift God has given to us as a gift and we should never take it for granted and we should always at every moment support all life in all of its forms from the very beginnings of life uh, to the very final moments of our life here on earth in preparation for our destiny into the eternal life that God has planned for us. So whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Good evening. We are Chris and Michelle Ambiel, and we'd first like to thank the Walk for Life Committee for having us here tonight. We've been asked to tell our story of how we became the parents to seven beautiful children through the gift of open adoption. We will try to be brief, and please bear with us, as this isn't something we usually do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so when I was 17 years old, I found out that I would not be able to have children. And as difficult as it was at the time, and hard to mourn something that was so far in my future, I felt very blessed to know at such an early age. It was a lot for a teenager teenager to handle, but at the same time, there was a naivete that protected me. I learned early on that God had a plan for me, and that I had to give him total control of the situation. Soon Soon after the news, I graduated high school, I moved up here to San Francisco and attended, er, and attended nursing school at USF, and that's where I met Chris. My name is Chris Ambiel. I've always loved children. Aside from being with my own siblings, I enjoyed babysitting for families regularly at a young age. I always hoped for a large family of my own. and I knew, and I, I knew that Michelle and I could not have children when we met, Still, it was never an obstacle. I wish I could say that my faith in God gave me confidence, but that's not true. 
I was young and I was naive. And truthfully, the main grace that God gave me was my ignorance. Somehow I actually believed that we could still have children naturally, even though I knew it wasn't physically possible. And obviously I didn't think long or hard about this, and my thoughtlessness was another grace. I knew that I should marry Michelle, and I believed that we should have children. We were married for about a year, and we received a phone call from an adoption attorney who was related to a friend of ours. He told us about a single young woman in the East Bay who had just given birth and was looking for an adoptive couple. Chris and I drove out there, met the mother, grandmother, and the baby. We spent the afternoon feeding the baby and talking about names with the birth mom. We had a great meeting, and the mother told us that she planned on placing this baby girl with us. We, were, we immediately called our families. My mom and sister hopped in the car, drove right up here, and friends showed up with every baby item that we might need. We were ready. We couldn't believe this opportunity had fallen right into our lap because we had the preconceived notion that you had to wait years before you could adopt a newborn. The next day, we were on our way to the hospital with the car seat in the car, and the attorney called and told us that the mother had left the hospital and she had taken the baby with her. We were heartbroken. I felt a sadness that I had never felt before, and I think the reality of being infertile hit me like a ton of bricks. Yet, even through the sadness, never once did we feel any animosity toward that young mother. She did what she felt was right for her and her baby. And as badly as I wanted to be that baby's mother, it wasn't meant to be. I remember Chris telling me that maybe our role in her life was to give her the option of not parenting in order to help her realize that she was meant to parent. That even though this pregnancy came at a time when she wasn't expecting it, it didn't mean that she didn't love this child or that this child wasn't wanted. It was through that difficult experience that Chris and I decided on how our family was going to approach adoption. Our future decisions would be based solely on what was going to be in the best interest of the birth mothers and their babies. We realized that we were called to go into adoption not trying to find a baby who fit our needs, but rather to be open and honest about who we are as a couple and see how we can fit the needs of others. Soon after, Chris's youngest sister Maureen called and told us that she had met a girl at her college. Her name was Kate, and she was pregnant and not sure what she was going to do. Maureen said that she was considering adoption and asked if maybe we would speak to her. Chris and I sat and wrote a letter introducing ourselves, our family, our beliefs, and our plans of one day hoping to fill our home with children. And the entire time, I just couldn't allow myself to think that this could actually happen. We continued to communicate for a few months via snail mail, some painfully awkward phone calls, and eventually a few emails. We flew out to Chicago to meet Kate and the baby's father, Ashley. The four of us tried to get to know one another, but these conversations weren't easy because we were talking about something so intimate, the future of this child, and yet we were strangers. We flew back here to San Francisco and decided that we would just pray for God's will to happen <clears throat> and God's will for this baby and to remind ourselves that our role was just to let them know that we were an option. 
It was on my 24th birthday that I received a phone call from Kate's mother telling us that Kate had decided to place her baby for adoption and Chris and I were the couple she had chosen. We were elated to say the least, but it was a guarded happiness. I couldn't wait, or I couldn't help but think about the experience that we had just had. We spent the following months figuring out the legal logistics of the adoption and doing what was required of adoptive parents, home studies, fingerprints, interviews, physicals, and so on. Meanwhile, Kate was bonding with this beautiful life inside of her. Here she was, 21, an educated, intelligent woman who knew she could be a good mother to this baby, yet she also knew she couldn't be a father to the baby. And what she had always desired for her children were a mother and a father who were married and loved each other. In the early morning hours of May 8, 2001, we received a phone call telling us that Kate had delivered a healthy baby girl named Bridget. Chris and I immediately traveled out to Wisconsin to meet her, and we were terrified. Due to the adoption laws in Wisconsin, that of which I won't go into detail about, Chris and I and the birth parents, Kate and Ashley, and baby Bridget stayed together under one roof while the legalities were working themselves out. And what started out as awkward conversations quickly turned into late-night talks of us just getting to know one another. Kate nursed Bridget during those nights, and I slowly started to fall deeply in love with not only this baby, but the beautiful woman who was her first mother. We talked about what each of us were looking for in this relationship with each other and, and this baby, and in the end, we didn't know how the future was going to work out. The agency wanted us to map out exactly how many visits, letters, or emails we each expected from each other, and to sign a contract and to stick to it. Over the course of that week, we realized that we just had to let this relationship grow the way that God had intended it to grow and not put any restrictions or expectations on it. Our mutual driving force was to do what was always in the best interest of the child whom we all loved. After a week together, a court date was set and papers were signed. Kate placed Bridget in my arms in all the years of worry and fear and asking, what, asking God what his plans were for me. All of it was answered. It was that moment in my life that I truly believed that God's plan was so much better than my plan, and all I had to do was say yes to him. Chris and I flew home with our brand new baby girl. We were parents. We have five more beautiful adoption stories. And I would love to stand here and share every detail of each one, but then we would be here all night. Each one of our children's stories are testimonies of courage and sacrifice on the parts of their birth families and deserve a quick mention. Our second oldest, Julia, came a short 17 months after Bridget was born. Her birth mother, Jackie, is related to Michelle's aunt. She was young, being raised by her grandmother, and was being encouraged by some around her to terminate her pregnancy. At 16, Jackie had seen more, experienced more, and survived more than we ever would. There were those around her who loved her deeply and tried to help her in many ways. But one thing we learned about Jackie is that she is feisty and she's going to live life her way. And it's because of this feistiness that Jackie embodies that she didn't terminate her pregnancy and our daughter Julia is here with us today.
Five years later, we were introduced to Nadia. Nadia was already 40 weeks pregnant, a single mom of a seven-year-old daughter, and battling severe mental illness. Yet even through the fog of mental illness, Nadia knew her child deserved to be born. Our relationship with Nadia is complicated due to her mental illness. It takes patience. Loving Nadia is not complicated. It's because of her courage that we have our beautiful daughter, Lucy. Not only do we love the daughter we adopted, but also Lucy's biological sister, Nina, who has grown up to be an independent, determined, beautiful soul with whom we are slowly establishing our own relationship. A little after a year after Lucy was born, we received a phone call about a young woman named Kelly who was pregnant with twins and looking for an adoptive family. Kelly came from a big, beautiful, intact family and wanted the same for the twins she was carrying. In December of 2008, Ava, Elizabeth, and Sean Thomas were born. We ended up spending over a month in Iowa during the adoption process, and we came to know this big, beautiful family and quickly became a part of their family. Kelly was recently married, and Sean and Ava were her ring bearer and flower girl. Five years later, we were introduced to Catherine and John, who together were facing an unplanned pregnancy. They're both from two gigantic Catholic families and wanted the same for their son. We were blessed to be the couple they were looking for, and we were happy that their son would be a, and they were happy that their son would be a part of our large Catholic family. Nathan Weston was born in June of 2013. And with him has come a beautiful relationship with both of his birth parents and families. Later that year, we were a part of, sm we were a part of a small documentary on adoption featuring our friend Grace Delaney's maternity home, the Lamb of God House. This home is a safe haven for women with unplanned pregnancies who need a place to live. Grace was having a viewing of the documentary at home with some of the residents. She invited us to attend the viewing and maybe say a few words about adoption and our experiences. So we went and watched the documentary and spoke briefly about our experiences with open adoption. One of the girls there, Elizabeth, was newly pregnant and looking for an adoptive family. Over the course of the next few months, our family kept coming up in conversations she was having with people, and so we finally met. We asked to meet the baby's father, Anthony, and together they decided that they wanted us to adopt their baby boy. We made sure that they had come to meet, we had made sure they came to meet everyone because we needed to make sure that they were okay with the idea that their first child would be our seventh. Elizabeth felt that this little boy was going to have an endless amount of energy and that he needed a big family, and she could not have been more correct. Michael Blaze was born on February 3rd, 2015, and here we were doing this for the sixth time, and yet we were just as nervous as the first time. We were just as amazed by the biological parents' determination and strength and love as the first time. And conversely, we've had at least a dozen adoptions fall through. These are incredibly difficult to bear when they happen. Was it something we said? Was it something we did? Did the parents think that we weren't capable? Are we a big sloppy mess of a family? Is it a mistake that we have the children we've already adopted? These are dark moments and these are dark questions. But we were lucky to have asked them and to have answered them. These are our miscarriages. And it becomes so clear that every time we were rejected, someone else was accepted. And each time we were chosen, someone else was denied. 
And how could these biological parents know who the right adoptive parents were if they had never considered more than one set? It's a deep reminder that children are a gift and not an entitlement. And when your heart has been broken by the loss of a child you've never met and to whom you have no relation, it brings home how loved the unborn are. That is a brief sketch of our adoption experience. We have been blessed more than we can capture in words. It is hard to condense how we feel towards these brave men and women. People always say that they admire us for saving these children. We do not agree with this prevalent sentiment. These children were not saved by us. These children were loved from the very beginning by God and every person in their lives. The children we were unable to adopt were deeply loved by us, even though they may never know it. Over the course of the last 17 years, we have come to know each one of these children's biological families. Some are closer than others. Some feel like we have known them forever, forever and other feel, others feel more comfortable with letters, pictures, Facebook posts, and texts. For some relationships, geography keeps it distance, distant, and other relationships, necessary boundaries have had to be established. It isn't always easy, particularly, particularly for the few of my children who rarely hear or see from their biological parents. But their story is an honest one. Each one of their stories are full of love, pain, courage, and sacrifice. The only thing that we have done is to say yes and wait for God's plan to unfold. It is very difficult to do this. There are thousands of what-if scenarios and questions you cannot answer or control as you wait and hope for the best. The temptation to walk away always seems to appear, but God's plan has always proven to be much better than ours. And in time, fears and pains vanish. The pains are rewarded with understanding and clarity. We hope by showing the beauties of adoption, it will encourage mothers and fathers to consider it. It has become so clear to us that God has a plan for everything. He has a plan for everyone. He makes straight, crooked lines. There is nothing wrong with an adoptive family or pregnant mother having doubts. We are right to doubt ourselves. But all of these years of ups and downs have taught us we have no reason to doubt God. I look at the seven beautiful faces of our children, and I see the beautiful people behind each one of them. I think about the hardship that came with an unplanned pregnancy. I think about the choices their biological parents have made for the benefit of their children. I think about how they love their children so much that they had to make the hardest, most sacrificial decision of their life. I think about the sacrifice of not only the birth moms and dads, but the grandparents, the great-grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. I think about the couples that were denied because we were accepted. I think about how over the years, all these people are no longer strangers, but one beautiful, gigantic, connected family. We went into adoption not knowing anything about it, we just decided early on that we would do what seems to come naturally for us and with God's help try and always do the right thing, which might not always be the easiest thing. Each adoption has been different, yet each time we are more amazed at the strength and sacrifice each mother has shown. I can't think of a bigger sacrifice one can make than to place your child's need before your own. There is no way we can ever repay what we have been given.
Thank you.